0: Sadly, there have been many members who have crossed the threshold into our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires since our last episode. This episode is dedicated to the following. Oscar Cerda Ramirez, SL-21171, from Costa Rica Garrison. Kevin Laning, BH-669, an early member of Midwest Garrison. Matthew Bedoni, TK-6280, of Outpost 42, New Zealand Garrison. Donald David Dunn, TK-10436, from Florida Garrison's McKasey Squad. Aaron Landeros, ID-9929, from Skull Garrison. And Claudia Ivete Guerrero Ramirez, ID-25015, from Mexican Garrison's Imperial City Squad. Buckets off for these fallen members. On the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the Five O First Cast. The official podcast of the Five O First Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial Costuming Organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Give me regular report, please. Right. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Yeah.
1: Welcome back to the Fiber First Cast, the official podcast of the Fiber First Legion Vader's Fist. This is episode 125 for September 2020, and here are your hosts, myself,
0: TK14057.
2: This is Nikki, DZ 8397.
0: I'm Joe, T I and S L one two seven four three.
3: And this is Todd, T I T V one zero zero seven eight. The Firefirst
1: Legion is currently at 14,277 members with 30,591 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member listed on the, on Firefirst.com at the time of recording is Aritz TK16613, a new strong trooper for Spanish Garrison's North Wall Squad. In this episode, we hear of the herring rescue efforts of Alaskan Vader play Star Wars Bingo again, and take a virtual tour of Rancho Obi-Wan. Stay tuned.
2: So in general Star Wars news, Entertainment Weekly dropped new photos this morning as we record of The Mandalorian Season 2. I'm sure costumers are already analyzing them to see what changes there might be to the Mando's armor. And fans of the child are looking at all his new little carrying accessories that he's got going on. Did you guys see the photos yet?
1: Yeah. He looks I very cute. Okay. Oh, is that, he, in that speeder bag pouch, it's very cute.
3: I was going to say, is he older? Is he like a teenager yet? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <He's> smoking, though. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, we'll have a link in our show notes, although they're all over the internet. I'm sure you'll find them before this gets published live.
0: Here are the newly greenlit entries to our costume reference library since our last episode. The Clone Trooper Detachment has greenlit three CRLs of armor from the Clone Wars Season 7. Commander Cody in his attire from Season 7, Captain Vaughn from the 332nd Company of the 501st Legion, and... Hunter, the leader of Clone Force 99, the Bad Batch. The Imperial Officer Corps has greenlit the CRL for First Order Allegiant General Pride. A new CRL from those of the Underworld is the Guavian Death Gang Soldier. And Scout Trooper as seen in the Mandalorian is now live. All those costumes are now ready for independent GML approval. As always, you can check out links to our new CRLs in our show notes. Thanks again to the Legion membership team for these updates.
3: We did give a bunch of airtime to our pal Steve Sansweet during our tiny Catching Up With Our Honorary Members segment, but we wanted to make sure to include links to Rancho Obi-Wan's live two-hour mini-tour they did recently. Check them out in our show notes or on Rancho Obi-Wan's Facebook page. It really gives a great feel for what an in-person tour would feel like once the museum is open again. We also wanted to share a link to our, or not our, but a recent interview that Timothy Zahn did for StarWars.com. He did it for Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. It is certainly a different experience trying to promote a new book and have to do a book signing tour virtually. So be sure to follow Timothy Zahn on Facebook to find out when he's doing virtual appearances and talks and signings. This is Admiral Wilhuff Tarkin asking you to listen to the 501st cast, otherwise,
1: we'll steer the Death Star in your direction. On July 19th, two members of our Japanese garrison, TK 3416 and TK 12291, participated in a virtual charity marathon at Notori City, Miyagi Prefecture, which is a disaster area of Tsunami of the Great East Japan earthquake. After they completed their run, they donated to Make-A-Wish Japan. Great job, and thanks to Hideo TK3416 for that report.
2: George Garrison had a secret mission they sent to a young boy named Jimmy, who has a congenital heart condition. He had not been keen on wearing his mask to protect himself during the pandemic, so Georgia Garrison tried this spin. Take a listen. I'm
0: a Star Wars. Episode one. The
2: search for Jimmy. <laughs> it
0: is a dark time for the Empire.
3: The rebels are gathered at a secret outpost, ready to strike a blow at the heart of the Empire. They have located the personal data files of Lord Vader and will stop at
0: nothing to get their hands on it. The Empire is desperately searching for the newly recruited stormtrooper Jimmy. They're searching for you. He has
3: proven his loyalty to the Empire, and Lord Vader has a secret mission for him. <laughs> <laughs> Only Jimmy can save the Empire and help keep Lord Vader's personal data files safe. The Empire has been searching for him in the hope that he will be able to keep the hidden data files away from the rebels. Can you do a secret mission for, for Vader? Yeah. Yes? <laughs> wow. That's about you.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh it's
3: you. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, let's
0: see. Wow because he needs you to do him a special mission for him. Oh, fuck. Yeah. There's the broken Death Star. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's you. We're looking for and we need to open this Death Star. You. You need to take notice of okay. here so you can listen. just a stormtrooper for the job. Wow. Lord Vader has personally chosen you to help the Empire, Jim, We're counting on you.
2: We've included cool several disguised masks to help you hide your identity. These masks will help you hide the coin from the Rebels and keep our secrets safe with the Empire. Remember, this is a special mission from Lord Vader and we need your help protecting this coin from the Rebels. Keep it in and keep it safe. Don't forget to wear your disguised masks when you go out. We can't let the Rebels get their hands on this call. Help us, Jimmy. You're the best we've got, and we're relying on you to help the Empire. So we'll have a link to the full video that that audio clip came from in our show notes. You can see Jimmy's new Star Wars-themed masks and Darth Vader's personal data disk that he needs to protect from the Rebels, a.k.a. it's a 501st Legion challenge coin.
0: Several weeks ago, the main 501st Legion Facebook page was contacted by a mom whose son loves watching our weekly trivia show. Her son is a -a Make-A-Wish kid, and watching the show has helped him during some tough weeks. It was at that point we knew we had to do more for Max and contacted his local unit. Central Garrison deployed their Wolfpack squad with support from the Rebel Legion and the Galactic Academy to pay a special visit to Max. Special thanks as well to the Mandalorian Mercs for donations of a helmet and patches. We'll have a link to our Facebook post with photos in our show notes.
3: Empire City Garrison attended their second Star Wars Virtual Bingo Night to benefit the Cerebral Palsy Association of Nassau County, CP Nassau, on Wednesday, September 2nd at 8pm. This was part of their ECG virtual trooping efforts for September, and they had members participate over Zoom in costume. Even with COVID-19 restrictions slowly being lifted in their area, in-person trooping opportunities have been limited, and they continue to get cancellations for many upcoming events. This was another fantastic opportunity to do a virtual interactive live event for a worthy charity and help them raise funds during these challenging times. CP Nassau ran a really fantastic event for about two hours, with five games of bingo, a DJ, and trivia games in between the the bingo games. Like the first bingo night, CP Nassau used the services of LI Kick and All-Star Party LI to help put it together and ran it as free registration slash optional donation event. They had around 50 participants, including 501st members, join the party, not only from ECH, but also from Northeast Remnant Garrison, Star Garrison, Columbia Garrison, Rebel Legion, and Saber Guild plus some special guests, including Dominic Pace, Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, and cosplayer Fluke Skywalker. This time, they had our members ask some of the trivia questions, and it definitely added to the interaction and and helped feature some of the costume characters. Many Five first members answered the call to make some prize donations of Star Wars items, and a few made some substantial donations. ECG would like to thank Matt, Ron, Bill, Joe, and Chris for their donations, as well as some friends of the garrison, including the crew of the new force sorry the new force Order podcast. In the end, they supplied all the prizes for this event and enough items to help supply prizes for a possible third bingo event in late October. Matt from ECG did win two bingos. He was gracious enough to give his prizes to other very excited and appreciative participants. CP Nassau raised $650 in donations, and they greatly appreciated the support during this difficult time. CP Nassau is looking for a sponsor for their next bingo, and want to do another Star Wars-themed version. Hi, this is David Collins, Star Wars voice actor and editor at Skywalker Sound. You're listening to the 501st Cast.
0: Member Shoutout.
1: Congratulations to July Trooper of the Month, Jake Sloan, SL99504, a.k.a. Alaska Vader from Alaskan Garrison. Here's the story behind his nomination. It's a bit longer than our past member shout-out segments, but we have a short episode this month, and the story is definitely worth it.
2: So many in the Legion know Jake for his constant support and informative instruction on the Sith Lord Detachment forums, to include, but not limited to, cooling fan setups, Vader suit-up tutorials, lightsaber modifications and upgrades, and his YouTube channel that documents most of the Alaskan Garrison activities, What most people are not aware of is that Jake is also an avid commercial drone pilot and photographer and videographer. Living in the great state of Alaska offers opportunities not found anywhere else in the world, such as crystal clear glacial blue lakes and rivers, epic landscapes, amazing wildlife, and the ability to hike deep inside the heart of a glacier. So Jake is always on the move and looking for an adventure and is always packing a camera, or two, or three, among other things.
0: On one of these such adventures, on July 14, 2020, Jake went to a remote portion of Alaska, about an hour and a half outside of Anchorage, called Archangel Valley. This valley is only accessible via a five-mile-long washboard road strewn with boulders and rocks in excess of two to three feet, and is also completely outside of cellular coverage, and the mountains prevent the use of satellite transponder systems as well. It is important to note this road should not be traveled at speeds greater than 10 to 15 miles per hour due to the danger to occupants of a vehicle as well as the destruction of said vehicle. There is also a massive rock feature a quarter mile from the end of the road rising 400 feet out of the ground called the monolith that is frequented by rock climbers.
3: So Jake reached the road's end at about 10 a.m. and started prepping his gear for the day's trek and was interrupted by the sound of a blood-curdling scream on the wind. In such a remote area, it means only one of two things. Someone has fallen and gotten injured, or someone has been attacked by a moose or a bear. Jake paused and desperately tried to hear any other sounds to locate the source of the scream. A few minutes later, a young male mountain climber came barreling down a trail towards Jake, begging to use his cell phone that one of his female colleagues had just fallen at least 40 feet on the monolith and was stuck on an outcropping. Jake's prior life as a mountain search and rescue operator surged back into the moment. Without hesitation, Jake tells the young man to get in his truck and races at 35 to 45 miles per hour down the washboard road to the road junction where cellular coverage is spotty but accessible. Jake's vehicle went airborne numerous times as it careened down the road, all the while Jake kept asking the young man for details on the injured climber. Minutes matter in a situation like this, and Jake knew this all too well. A trip that normally takes 45 minutes to an hour was completed in 20 minutes. Just as the young climber started to get cellular service, Jake saw an Alaskan State Park ranger at the junction and slid his vehicle across the tra- across the gravel alongside dropping the young man with the park ranger to call into providence medical center where the garrison does routine pediatric center hospital visits to call for a medevac helicopter jake spun his vehicle around and raced back up the road towards the monolith upon arriving he grabbed his hiking gear and medical kit from his car ran to the base of the monolith it's important to note that this is an old gold mining area and is strewn with boulders the size of minivans with jagged edges, tailings, dilapidated mining equipment, and the wild, unforgiving vegetation of Alaska.
1: Quickly assessing that the injured climber was about 30 feet from the ground, just above a massive rock field, stuck on a 4 feet by 10 feet outcropping. Another climber was by her side, trying to render her aid. Jake yelled up the The second climber and gain as much information as he could to get a clear assessment of the situation. In short, the female climber's highest anchor, 30 feet up, point had broken free. As she was crossing a 30-foot horizontal sheer face of the monolith, and she had fallen over 60 feet, she was conscious but badly injured and coughing up blood. Jake knew that the climber was in dire, in a dire situation with possible lung perforations, broken bones, and likely spinal injuries. Jake raced to the peak of the monolith via the backside, which is an unforgiving four to six foot rise for every foot forward, and passed what medical supplies he could down to the other climber. About this time, the park ranger, the young male hiker, and an Alaskan state trooper had arrived. Jake ran back down the monolith to provide all the details he had gained to the trooper.
2: Jake then learned that the medevac was en route, but no one had radio communication with it due to the location of the accident. Suddenly, Jake and the trooper could hear the sound of an approaching helicopter in the distant wind. It was heading towards the wrong valley. A few minutes later, it could be heard again, heading up the correct valley, but off towards another side valley. Jake quickly realized the medevac pilot had been given vague location information and was searching for people on the ground with little information to go on. Jake raced back up to the peak of the monolith and ripped off his bright blue shirt, and started waving it back and forth as a signaling device to catch the pilot's attention. He knew that with all the thick Alaskan vegetation and the rough terrain, spotting three to four people was going to be next to impossible for the pilot and crew. Just as it seemed the helicopter was banking to head back down another valley farther away, it pitched and swung towards Jake and raced directly towards him. He had successfully flagged down the helicopter from several miles away. As a helicopter circled Jake, he used hand and arm signals to coordinate with the pilot to indicate where the injured climber was at. Acknowledging, the pilot began to land in a clearing near the base, but realized the dilapidated mining equipment debris was beginning to turn into projectile in the rotor wash. Banking away to find a field clearing about a quarter mile away, Jake ran back down the monolith over to the medevac and gave them the update on the situation. Unfortunately, the crew did not have any extraction or repelling equipment with them. Based on Jake's assessment of the situation, the medevac crew knew they needed the assistance of the Air National Guard Mountain Rescue Team and their Sikorsky MH-60G/HH-60G Pave Hawk helicopter. They too had no radio communications and had to take off to get the message back to Anchorage.
3: Jake, back with the small group, waited for the Pave Hawk to arrive. Thirty to forty minutes later, it could be seen and heard racing up the canyon. When it arrived, it circled several times around the monolith, and he could see the crew chiefs leaning out the windows looking for the climbers. Jake quickly realized the crew could not see the outcropping she was on due to the shape of the cliff. Without hesitation, Jake raced back up to the peak and proceeded to give more hand-and-arm signals to the crew. Acknowledging... They proceeded off to a clearing to prep for the rescue mission. Jake went back down again and coordinated with the state trooper to position themselves on either side of the base of the outcropping so they could communicate with the Air National Guard rappel team to help guide them in on the climber. Just as the rappel team started their descent, the Alaskan weather turned rainy, windy, and bitter cold. The situation was turning from bad to worse. It became very clear that the rappel team could not see the outcropping even during their descent, and they relied heavily on Jake's communication with them to make it to the injured climber.
1: Thanks to Jake's Herculean efforts, quick thinking, and sheer determination of will over his own body, you try running a 400-foot terrain feature six times resulted in the prevention of the climber's death and her successful rescue. On a positive note, the female climber survived the ordeal and is still recovering. Please find a link to a video that Jake made regarding one of the camera lenses he was working with over several trips that he captured moments of the rescue with in our show notes. This also has some of his own humble descriptions of the events after the fact. There's also a link to some photos by Garrison Bryan, ID six two eight three two, of Jake and the monolith and the hike he went down. He went on him uh, with him to assist in completing his review. Jake's examination was submitted by Brian ID 62832 Alaskan Garrison.
2: Wow. What a story. Yeah. It's, uh, we mentioned this was long, but I think it was definitely worth it. So amazing, amazing.
1: And he was efforts. wearing his Vader outfit. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't clear. Yeah. No, but absolutely stunning. Um, really, really great job. Jake. If, if you hear, if you listen to this, um, Awesome.
2: And then we wanted to give honorable mentions to Steve, TK51577, from Mountain Garrison, and Chris, TK6744, from Empire City Garrison, who were both also nominated for July 2020. Furthermore, congratulations to Chris, TK6744, for hitting his 501st trooping milestone. Not that we were too surprised that he got up to 501 troops.
3: Fantastic that he made that, especially with uh, the... Uh, lack of of options, really, and availability of
0: troops. So they're doing a great job out there. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast can be tuned in via iTunes, podcasts.com, or Stitcher. The 501st Cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as the 501st Legion or go to Facebook.com slash the 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st cast is also available on the iHeartRadio app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization. Like
3: the first bingo night, CP Nassau used the services of LL Kick and All-Star Party LL.
2: I think it's L-I for Long Island.
3: Ah, okay. Let me uh, start that sentence over.
2: It's just hard to tell with this font what letter it's (laughs) what.
3: I was thinking it was like LLAMA, like a capital L and a small L.
1: I see your point, sir.